The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded November 25th, 2022. Enjoy! Welcome to the December edition of Life in the Tax Lane, the holiday year-end spectacular. Joe Hugh. I'm so excited. You know, I've got my lights up this year and I didn't fall off the roof, so things are good. It's a positive year. How about you, Hugh? Uh, yeah, let's just clarify that that's 2022. For those of you who are binge-watching and trying to keep track of what year you're currently in. Uh, and what did we get this year? A little bit of a change right around the gift-giving season. Uh, CRA has told us for years that gift cards are not part of our tax-free gifts to awards policy. They are near cash. We're not letting you give those away without a taxable benefit. But they've now come back and said, you know what? We were too Scrooge. We're going to be more in the Christmas and holiday spirit. We will call them not cash or near cash if you meet all these criteria. They're preloaded. You can't just add money at your discretion. And more importantly, you can't turn them into cash. You got to have limited retailers that you can purchase from. Could be a group of retailers, but it's got to be identified on the card. It's got to be uh, the employer is going to have to maintain records. Who was given gift cards? When? Why? How much? Who were the retailers? Uh, Series also updated their website for employee benefits a lot recently. So if you're looking for an update on their gifts and awards policy, now's a good time to refresh your memory. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't just the gifts and awards policy. It was a little bit of a treat this year in December. We just had our faller at the beginning of November, our federal fall economic statement. Lots of goodies in there, lots of challenges in there. And I got to say, one day after we had that fall economic statement, we had a massive bill come out, Bill C-32, that would implement a number of measures noted in the fall economic statement as well as items from budget 2022 and even other provisions earlier in included part of me in earlier pieces of draft legislation. So we're just going to mention a few of these pieces out there right now. The big one that has got accountants uh, singing from up high is the uh, the changes to the trust reporting rules. We've spoken about this on the show previously. We have a one year deferral to the implementation of those expanded trust rules such that the first trusts that would get hit by these new expanded rules would be those with the year end December 31, 2023, meaning that those first trusts that are going in, that's going to be in the spring of 2024. What are the challenges with Bill C-32? Those provisions that would capture essentially bare trust arrangements to these new expanded rules, that is still in Bill C-32, so we're still going to have to contend with that. You know, Caitlin, there's a couple other things that I noticed in the in the in the bill and in the in the proposal in the statement. The first one was the uh, that uh, first home savings account. You can now use it in combination with the home buyer's plan, so you can almost double up in terms of uh, using these savings plans for those first houses. And and the government expects us to be able to start uh, contributing to these in mid 2023. Another one is there's that two year ban on purchasing residential property by foreign persons. 
And uh, we've got a start date for that. And it looks like the start date's going to be January 1 of 2023. And, you know, I'd be concerned, you know, situations where you have people offshore giving money to kids to buy houses for them. I mean, potential penalties involved for, for those type of workarounds. And the other thing, too, is uh, a lot of comments about, you know, getting the wealthy to pay their shares. So uh, a renewed focus on that minimum tax regime. And we should be seeing something in the budget coming up. So, you know, just a couple examples of what we just saw. Mm-hmm. It was a definite busy set of legislation, Joe, uh, agreed. Uh, I don't envy the parliamentarians who are supposedly reading through all this to figure out what they might not like to pass. And if you wanted to pull out those bare trust provisions, that would be a really good start, Mr. Member of Parliament. But unfortunately, I don't know that we're going to get there. Uh, Joe, I often get irked with CRA when they tell us, you don't need to file a notice of objection, even if you're approaching the deadline, because we can still adjust your return afterwards. Well, key, they can still adjust it. And we saw a tax court case that provides a sobering reminder of what happens when you don't file those objections. Mm -hmm. We had a taxpayer in court saying, I was in discussions with CRA. We were having meetings. Come on, let me extend the deadline. Well, the judge said, your notice of assessment was clear that you got 90 days to file a formal notice of objection. And the law says we can extend that up to a year if you request extra time and extension to object. But once we're past that about 15 month mark and you, sir, are, we're done. You had to have something in writing. And the court even said we frequently, the court frequently contorts itself to find any written material that could possibly be interpreted to be a notice of objection. But I can't create a written document out of thin air. Now, the taxpayer also said it's CRA's fault. They should have told me. The court said, that's not CRA's job. And if you want to point that finger at anyone, why don't you point it at the accountant who was with you in the meeting with CRA? They should have advised you. So as an accountant, I don't like letting objection deadlines expire. And I want to be certain my client understands this could be it for their appeal right. Mm-hmm. Now, if that was a little scary, just wait, because we got another provision for you that we need to really start thinking about. We've referenced it once again before in this show, in this show, uh, the underused housing tax, but we're seeing it get overlooked time and time again as we're talking with practitioners, taxpayers out there. So big picture, this new provision, yes, it has received royals and it is the law, and it basically would apply an annual federal 1% tax on the value of residential real estate owned by individuals, corporations, partnership, trusts, estates that the government considers to be underused and vacant. So you're going to be thinking, okay, you know, I'm not going to be exempt or I'm not going to have to file the tax return here, but it is going to hit a lot of our clients. The way the rules generally work is that all owners of residential real estate will need to file a declaration in respect of this tax unless you're an excluded owner. Canadian citizens, permanent residents for immigration purposes, they're excluded owners. They don't need to file a declaration. But our corporate clients that are not listed on a designated stock exchange, they're not an excluded owner. They're going to need to file a declaration. For many of them, they're going to get out of the tax through one of the exemptions, but you still got to get that declaration in by the end of April, 
even if you're not subject to the tax because you meet an exemption. So heads up here, if you're in the accounting world, uh, what is your role in communicating these rules with your client? Are you gonna help them file their declarations, educate them on possible exemptions they may have access to? So heads up here, we'll put a few references in your notes as to where you can get further details on this underused housing tax. Thanks, Caitlin. Now, taking a bit of a jump to a different world here, we're going to talk about relationship breakdowns for a moment and shared custody. So there was a case, actually, that just occurred where we had parties, they had separated. Uh, one of the par it, There was a shared custody arrangement, but one of the parties was taking the full Canada child tax benefit. Uh, the, the, the actual Canada child benefit was introduced a little bit later, and at that point, the other party wanted to get half of, uh, half of the total amount. So they apply, and guess what the government did? They not only split it, for that particular year, but they looked at the last two years prior to that and said, well, hold on a second here. It should have been split for those other two years as well. Even though they didn't ask for it, even though they didn't want it, and they really didn't want them to, to reassess those years because the that new party there, or, or it was the husband, I guess, um, he actually had too much income earned in those prior years such that he wasn't going to get anything anyways. So the other spouse basically lost out on half the amounts. Can you do anything about it? And the, the short answer is no. No, no, you can't. That is, they can do that if they would like to. Hugh. Joel, one of the few good news pieces from our inflation, all the tax numbers went up 6.3%. And for those who are interested in tax-free savings accounts, yes, we finally got that $500 bump. So the 2023 contribution will be $6,500 to max out. Uh, most of the other numbers are up. A lot of us look at the capital gains, lifetime ex uh, exemption. You're gonna be able to exempt capital gains totaling 971,190. That's getting awful close to the million dollars for farm property when they'll merge together again and be inflation adjusted. Mm -hmm. Lots of notes there. And then finally, we just had a couple court cases coming out with respect to CERB CRB. And if you are trying to prove your $5,000 prior period earnings and you're trying to provide invoices that is issued to related party family members company, the court CRA is asking for more information. So check out those couple court cases. That's all. Have a great day. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.